Hey folks, I'm Nick D'Alessandro from Wait 5 Minutes, a podcast about Florida by a Floridian, and I'm very glad today to take this show back to its roots. Now, this show has become a history show in the last however many years. I'm very proud of that. History, environment, pop culture, all those things. I, I love that part of the show. But when this show started, there was an election looming on the horizon, the 2018 election, the last election of a governor that we've had during the show's tenure. And we have another gubernatorial election coming up in just a month. So it is going to be a huge month for campaigning, politicking, and talking about the future of this state. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the governor race in about two weeks. But right now, I want to talk to you about a, a thing that we are going to, it's going to have a big impact on us, and that is the amendments. It is going to be our tradition. Every two years, there's going to be an election episode about the amendments on the Florida state ballot. I love talking about them. I'm fascinated by them. If you haven't heard me talk about it, I've actually done a little history of Florida's amendment system. I'll include a link in the episode description. It's very interesting and kind of essential to how our state government works. Essentially what you need to know, uh, just a quick sort of cliff notes of it is, Every election, people can gather signatures on a petition to add an amendment to our ballot. If that amendment then gets 60% approval from voters, it gets approved, and after going through the state government, it is made law or policy, etc. Now, I will say, back when I started this show, some amendments were approved by the voters of Florida that the government has not allowed to go into effect the way that it was voted into existence, despite the fact that the voters of Florida made their voices heard with their votes, I'm referring specifically to 2018's Florida Amendment 4, the Voting Rights Restoration for Felons Initiative. 64.55% of Florida voters approved the amendment. That's about 5.1 million Floridians. According to Ballotpedia, quote, Amendment 4 was designed to automatically restore the right to vote for people with prior felony convictions, except those convicted of murder or a felony sexual assault upon completion of their sentences, including prison, parole, and probation, end quote. That was, in fact, approved by the voters of Florida, but then Governor Ron DeSantis and the Republican-held state legislature added a detail. A Senate bill changed an element of what voters approved. Senate Bill Number 7066 added, quote, full payment of restitution or any fines, fees, or costs resulting from the conviction before they could regain the right to vote, end quote. This was upheld by a court of appeals in 2020. Opponents to this measure call the need to pay the fees a quote-unquote poll tax, meaning basically that, that voters had to pay to vote, which was a tactic that was used throughout the Jim Crow era to keep black Americans from voting. It's a very complicated situation that Florida is still dealing with. I'll include a link to Ballotpedia and NPR articles about the amendment and current situations concerning that amendment specifically. So amendments are complicated. They're not as easy as, yes, I want this to happen, and then bam, it happens. There's other times where that has been the case, where we there's no longer a gambling on dog racing, greyhound racing in the state of Florida. That was voted on by an amendment, and now it's gone. So sometimes it can be that simple, but sometimes in the state government, it gets a little complicated, to say the least. I tell you that to say that amendments are not just vote yes, vote no, so see the results, boom, it's law. The government does not work that simply. So I'm going to tell you about these three amendments Vote with your heart, vote with your head on, on what you think feels right, and we will see what follows. 
I'm going to do my level best to explain these amendments as what they are truly and try to present both opinions on it. The yays and the nays sort of tell you where the political parties are on it, which is interesting in these three amendments and, and tell you what would come about if they are approved and what would come about if they are not approved. Now, all of these amendments and all of these resources come from my favorite source concerning voting, Ballotpedia.org. Huge shout out to them and all the work they do. I truly could not make most of these politics episodes without their incredible research and detail. They're a really, really wonderful and reliable source. So let's get started. There's only three amendments. One of them is a bit of a doozy, but we'll get there in a second. Let's go in order. Amendment one is concerning taxes. The description reads, quote, authorizes the state legislature to pass laws prohibiting flood resistance improvements made to a home from being taken into consideration when determining a property's assessed value for property tax purposes, end quote. Okay, take a breath. That was a lot of words. This feels relevant to what is currently going on in Florida. It is about flooding. Property value is complicated. Anyone who owns a home can attest to that. But the basic concept of this is actually really simple when you consider what it is actually about. See, it's widely accepted that we are going to be seeing more flooding impacts from the climate emergency. The impacts of Hurricane Ian just two weeks ago are clear evidence of that. Well, this would actually incentivize people to have more flood resistance in their homes. The word prohibit in the description of that amendment implies some... A taking away, so to speak, but this seems to actually be widely accepted as a good thing for the state of Florida by lawmakers. If flood resistance is not considered in property value, which could negatively impact the property value, then flood resistance is more incentivized in builders, which means less home loss. This amendment came about from Linda Cheney, a member of the state's House of Representatives, no relation to Dick Cheney, etc. Linda Cheney serves as a Republican in St. Petersburg Beach. She is up for re-election this November. About the amendment, she says, quote, Homeowners who are taking proactive measures to protect their property from flooding should not only be rewarded, but they should be incentivized, end quote. There doesn't seem to be any real opposition to this amendment either. No pushback from Democrats or others are listed. As complicated as this description may sound, the amendment is pretty simple. Vote yes on this if you want homeowners and home builders to be incentivized to build more flood resistance in our state's homes. Got it? Okay. If you vote no, there will be no tax evaluation change to that, and there will be no incentives to add flood resistance. Got it? Okay. Amendment 2 is a little complicated and requires a, a tiny history lesson, and I know you love those. Amendment 2's description is straightforward. It reads as follows, quote, abolishes the Florida Constitution Revision Commission, end quote. Okay, what is that? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. The Florida Constitution Revision Commission, hereby referred to as the CRC for brevity's sake, is, quote, a 37-member commission provided for in the state constitution that convenes every 20 years to review and propose changes to the Florida Constitution, end quote. If you've never heard of this, don't blame yourself. This is my job. I write about Florida. I forgot it exists. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very strange. It only happens every 20 years. Last time it happened was in 2017, and it won't convene again until 2037. Can you even believe? 
I'll be 40 by 2037. It's only happened three times in history. 1977, 1997, 2017. It's not going to happen again until 2037. I know it's weird. It came about through the process of rewriting parts of our Constitution in 1968. This created the CRC. The CRC is made up of the state attorney general, 15 commissioners chosen by the governor, 9 commissioners chosen by the Senate president, 9 commissioners chosen by the Speaker of the State House, and 3 commissioners chosen by the Chief Justice of the State Supreme Court. I know it's a lot of people, but they're basically people that are chosen by the state government to have these decisions about what needs to be added to the state constitution. Interestingly, a similar amendment about removing the CRC was submitted in 1980, right after their first meeting, which I think is funny. They did it once and were like, should we get rid of this? So in 2018, when this show first started, there were a ton of amendments to be voted on on the ballot. There was actually 13 amendments on the ballot. Seven of those came because of the CRC. This is because there were multiple constitutional proposals that were bundled into singular amendments that were put to vote. I remember distinctly being amazed at how complicated a lot of these amendments were with things bundled within that didn't seem wholly connected. So what happens is the CRC hears from the people of the state and, and hear what kind of things they want voted on on amendments. And then they bring them together and they're like, should we vote on this? And then they bundle them together and sometimes create these amendments that are very weird. Amendment 9 in 2018, for example, it banned two things. It banned offshore oil and natural gas drilling beneath state waters, and it banned vaping in indoor workplaces. Do those things seem connected to you? They're environmental, but one of those is big, and one of those is quite small. There's no logic, really, to putting those on the same amendment, but because both concern the environment, they were put together and approved. This amendment this year, in 2022, Amendment 2, is hoping to remove that from even happening. Amendment 2 has large support with Republican senators, with all of them voting in favor of abolishing the CRC, while most Democrat senators voted against this measure, though a handful did vote in favor of abolishing the CRC. The introducer of the amendment was Jeff Brands, a Republican state senator who is up for re-election this year and serves the St. Pete Beach area, the same as the previously discussed amendment later. Brand says the following about the CRC. Quote, they're one of the only methods of a constitutional amendment that allows compounding. That is placing unrelated propositions in one amendment that the voter has to vote up or down on. End quote. He compares the CRC to the board game Jumanji. Go with him on this. He says that the CRC, quote, has no rules. Players have no experience. Once it starts, it can't stop. Crazy things pop out and you never know how damaging they will be. Election night, you yell Jumanji, end quote. That's an extended metaphor for certain. Anyway, those opposing the amendment cite a need for change to the CRC rather than total abolition. Democratic Senator Daryl Rousson, who is also up for re-election and serves across the bay from Senator Brand, serving the Brandon region and eastern Tampa, he says, quote, The CRC may not be perfect, but as lawmakers, we should work to improve it rather than scrap it. Abolishing the CRC, along with other efforts to make it more difficult and more expensive to circulate citizens' petitions to amend the Florida Constitution, will make it harder for citizen voices to be heard and shaping the future of their state end quote 
That is an important detail to note. Currently, one way to get an amendment on the ballot is by submitting petitions. It can be difficult to gather petitions, but the purpose of the CRC, according to those who support it, is to hear what voters want to see on the ballot and attempt to put forward such motions whenever they convene. Now, that's not going to happen again for another 15 years. Keep in mind, all of the CRC amendments that were put to vote in 2018, all of the amendments that they put on the ballot were approved by Florida voters. Seven amendments, all put up by the CRC, all approved by the public. So whether they need to be abolished or not is complicated because clearly Florida voters are interested in the things being put up by the amendment. That's up to you to determine if this is something that works. So a vote of yes on Amendment 2 would remove this commission from existence. A vote of no would keep it in place. I'll say again, we won't even see this commission again until 2037. That is 15 years away. 15 years ago was 2007, just to put that in perspective. So who knows what this thing's impact will be, whether we vote yes or no. And now for the third and final amendment, Amendment 3. This one is interesting, at least how it got onto the ballot. It's kind of a, it's kind of a straightforward amendment. This amendment was almost unanimously approved to go onto the ballot, except one person voted against it, a Democratic state senator who is facing re-election this year. His name is Bobby Powell Jr., and he serves Riviera Beach and Juno Beach along the East Coast. The description of this amendment is as follows, quote, Authorize the Florida State Legislature to provide an additional homestead property tax exemption on 50000 of assessed value on property owned by certain public service workers, including teachers, law enforcement officers, emergency medical personnel, active duty members of the military, and Florida National Guard, and child welfare service employees, end quote. Essentially, all those people listed would have to pay less property tax. That's it. State Rep Josie Tomkow, a Republican up for re-election this year in Polk City, Lakeland region, she proposed the amendment saying, quote, home values and property taxes are on the increase and Florida's critical public employees deserve a break. They shouldn't worry about whether they have a home to return to while they are out protecting ours, end quote. The ballot was agreed upon by bipartisan support. 37 people voted yes, Republicans and Democrats, except for Democrat Rep Bobby Powell, who said he doesn't think there should be even more homestead exemption rules on the ballot, adding, quote, I am of the belief that the priority at this point should be to figure out how we can get police and firefighters and teachers into a home, whether it be first time home buyers, whatever it be, we need to figure out how to get them into homes, end quote. I suspect that this exemption could actually help with Representative Powell is after, but we'll have to see if it is approved. So vote yes if you do want the folks listed to get that homestead exemption. Vote no if you don't. That's simple. There were lots and lots of petitions that didn't make it into the ballot. Some interesting ones, others not so interesting. I was very interested in the ballot attempting to bring online sports betting to Florida, but that petition did not make the ballot. We're going to have to talk about why that was even voted on. The powers that fought against it, very, very, very interesting. But there you go. Three amendments, two of them on taxes, one of them about the amendments themselves. The election day is November 8th. There will be early voting very soon. So listen to this episode again on your way to vote so you can be re-upped on what exactly the amendments are and what you're voting for. But I will see you out there. I'm very excited for election day to be coming. We're going to be talking about it more. And I will see you Saturday for a very special prologue for this upcoming season and then a brand new episode on Monday. Good luck. Be safe. Be good to yourself, be good to others, and as always, drink 
more water. Have a great week.